this is Christy. And I'm Paxton. And you're listening to the Mastering None podcast. Today, we're going to learn a little bit about Alcatraz Island. But before we do that, what special day is it today, Paxton? It's Mother's Day. Yay! Are you a mother? No. Oh. I am. Yay! Yay! So... I just wanted to talk about this real quick before Alcatraz because there's really not enough information for it to have its own podcast. But what happened is many countries around the world, many cultures around the world have always celebrated mothers and and Greeks and Romans held festivals to honor mother goddesses, Rhea and Sibylle. And, you know, it's just kind of been a thing, but it's never been... It wasn't like an official day. And so in 1905, Anna Jarvis, an American, uh, began campaigning for a holiday to honor mothers uh, because her own mother had passed away and she wanted to create a day where children could pay tribute to their mothers, whether they were alive or not. So she started this one woman campaign and was like, yay, let's celebrate mothers. So from 1905, to 1914, she was kind of trying to get as many people on board as possible. And by 1914, the president was like, yep, signing in a proclamation. President Woodrow Wilson designated um, Mother's Day. Do you know, Paxton, where on the calendar Mother's Day is every year? The second Sunday of May. The second Sunday of May. And that's perfect because our second Sunday guest is here today, Paxton. So, um, yeah, so Woodrow Wilson signed it in to proclamation and the holiday got really popular really quick. And how better to appreciate their mothers than with flowers and cards and gifts, which makes flowers and cards and gifts companies like kind of like the cartoons, they have little dollar sign eyeballs. Yeah. Said, Ooh, we can make some moolah off of this. And they, it, it just really became commercialized. And over time, she was like, way too much is being focused on the material items. It kind of lost its original meaning, which was a tribute to the mothers. And towards the end of her life, she actually campaigned to uncreate Mother's Day. Or to, uh, to do away with the Mother's Day, the the thing she had spent nine years, um, going, you know, uh, activate activating. That's not the word. Um, making happen. Yeah, good with words today. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so we have it. Uh, in America, we celebrate on the second Sunday in May, and it's a day for children to show appreciation not only for their mothers, but their grandmothers or anyone who is a maternal figure in their life. And unfortunately, Anna passed away in November of 1948 at the age of 84. Even though she created Mother's Day, most people do not know the name of Anna Jarvis, and Mm. she didn't really get much notoriety from that. And she actually spent much of her life fighting against the commercialization. And she never got married, never had any children. And her legacy as the founder of Mother's Day was pretty much forgotten. So it's kind of the sad tale of how Mother's Day came to be. The Mother's Day founder was never a mother. 
Yeah. But she had a mother. She had a mother. So that that was her main motivation. So if you have a mother, go out and say happy Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, that's okay too. Any any maternal figure in your life. Shout out to them. Yeah. So now here we are at the juicy part. So, Mr. Paxton, now before we get to Paxton, I just want to let everyone out there know we are Zooming today. Last time he was visiting, but this time we're on Zoom, and he has officially changed his Zoom name to Guest Podcaster, (laughs) which is fabulous. Okay, so Paxton, actually, you didn't tell me this. Your mom told me this. Yeah. You were going on a field trip to... Alcatraz. Now, we have listeners all over. So for those of you not familiar, um, we are in California and Paxton lives in the Bay Area, which is near San Francisco, which is where Alcatraz is located. So for your class, now, was this the whole grade or was this like a whole subject? Who went on this field trip? This was my entire uh this was the whole grade that went. And that's 10th grade, 11th grade. What grade are you sixth in? Grade. Kindergarten? What? Sixth grade. Sixth grade. The entire sixth grade class went to Alcatraz. Now, whose idea was this? Is this like a history teacher's idea? Or what class is this for? In English, we read Al Capone Does My Shirts, which is a book about a boy named Moose who lives on an, who lives on Alcatraz. Oh, now is that fiction or nonfiction? It's historical fiction, which is, it was a real event, uh, but fictional characters. So made up characters. But after, I've been to Alcatraz one time, I'm thinking there's not really like a housing development there. There's a, there's a whole section of houses, like it's, it's near the dock. Where people used to live or people currently people live? used to live. Okay. No there anymore. The last time I went, I think Keegan was like six months old. So it's been about almost 16 years since the last time I went. All right. So you went on a field trip to Alcatraz. Now, how do you get to Alcatraz? Do you just walk there, bus there, bike there, swim actually, there? Actually, it was a pretty long swim, but like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we drove to a dock and then we took a ferry. Uh, we drove to a dock in Berkeley and then we took a ferry to Alcatraz. All right. So you took a ferry because Alcatraz is an island. Yep. Alcatraz. And there's no bridge to get there. So you had to take a ferry. I mean, imagine if the prisoners could just walk off on a bridge. Like, Yeah, that would certainly make it less maximum security. Yeah. Okay, so just a little history. Now, Paxton mentioned prisoners, but before we even get to the prison, um, Alcatraz Island is an island, yes, and it is. it wasn't always a prison. It first started off with the Ohlone people who used it as a fishing and hunting ground, yep. and then like many lands, it was, you know, then used later by the U.S. military. So in the 1850s, which was right after California became a state, 
the U.S. military started using the island for defense purposes. So talk to me a little bit about coming in by sea. So you come in, say you're a bad guy. You're coming in off the ocean, go under the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Alcatraz, the first thing you see. The Golden Gate Bridge wasn't built then. Right, right, right. right, right. Yeah, but I'm just saying like for your ref, so we're talking about the same space. So you're coming in. Is Alcatraz the first thing you see or is Angel Island in between? I I think Alcatraz is the first thing that you see. Okay, so that would make sense that that would be a great place for defense because you can make a fort on the high points and really see a lot of the ocean and see a lot of the enemies approaching. They buried all their dead soldiers on Angel Island, though. Oh, from that died at the fort in all all um it was like all uh uh, all people killed in the war oh later later when it became a prison they buried them in san francisco or yeah okay so not just people who died on alcatraz but people who died in a particular war were all buried on angel island okay because it's nearby for sure Okay, so then later on that century, the late 1800s, the military abandoned it and turned it, uh, abandoned the fortress rather, and turned the island into a military prison, which held prisoners of war and military convicts. And it was very harsh conditions, very harsh punishments. And what was that nickname they give the island? It's It's called The Rock. The Rock. In so, fact, wait, is that the wrestler guy? Yeah. But in the book we were reading, it was a rock topped with bird turd and surrounded by water. Oh, descriptive. Yeah. Now, there's a movie called The Rock from the late 1990s. Have you seen it? No. It stars Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery, and they are, you know, someone has taken over some bombs for some military dispute and they're trying to break into Alcatraz and in the movie which again is fiction um Sean Connery's character had escaped Alcatraz so they're using his knowledge of his escape to like unescape to sneak back in uh not many people not many people have escaped though like there was successful there were two people yeah there were two people who escaped with a spoon. Like they broke into the air vent and then climbed out the top. Hmm. Cool. Well, we will get into prisoner escapes in a little bit. And I look forward to hearing more about that story. Yeah. Have you, uh, you said you hadn't seen The Rock. Okay. So you might be interested in The Rock now. Of course, it's, you know, movie drama and everything. But now that you've seen yeah. the facility, it might be interesting to say, hey, I was there. It was different to, like, look back at the book and, like, I I thought of Alcatraz as flat in the book, but it was a lot more hilly. Mm. Like, the cell house is at the highest point and everything. Now, didn't you say that it was, like, um, a rock with bird poop on it? Isn't that how it was described? Yeah. Is that, wait, say, say the quote again. It was a rock topped with bird turd and surrounded by water. Wow. Oh. So when you heard rock, you thought flat? I thought I thought that there might have been some hills, but it would be pretty flat. Like, And you were wrong. Yeah. 
<laughs> so in 1934, the prison that was used as a military prison was transferred to the federal government and became a high-security federal prison that housed some of America's most dangerous criminals, like Al Capone, which sounds like he was mentioned in your book. And Machine Gun Kelly. And Machine Gun Kelly, Robert Stroud, who was whose uh, nickname was the Birdman of Alcatraz, and, oh. you know, Many others. We'll get into the prisoners in a little bit, but just a little bit to close out the history. Oh, creepy so it was creepy Say again? Creepy carpets. Creepy carpets? Yeah. That's somebody's name? R-P-I-S, yeah. Or, like, that was their nickname. Like. Oh, I thought you said carpet. Like, I'm sitting oh, on carpet. Yeah, right. creepy carpet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was... Again, it was opened or it was transferred to the federal government to become this high security federal prison in 1934. And it closed in 1963 because it just got too expensive to maintain. The facilities were deteriorating. And right after that in 64, or not not necessarily immediately after, but in the years that followed, um, it was uh, the island was occupied by Native American activists who sought to reclaim it as their ancestral land. Yeah, there was a bunch of writing on like the water tower, and um, above uh the dock in red. What did it say? It said like um, this is Indian land, and so it said like welcome to like United States ter- territory, and it said United Indians territory. Over oh, it. oh, like. Like with spray paint kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Spray paint, yeah. So it is now managed by the National Park Service. And it's a popular tourist attraction. Like you went to over a million visitors every year go to it. And it's also recognized as a National Historic Landmark and a symbol of America's justice system. Yeah, I learned there that uh, like national parks technically aren't part of the state. So I, wasn't, I wasn't on California. Like, I wasn't in California. And you were in the United States, though. Yeah. Yep, it was definitely, it was federal land. So the same thing is true about Yosemite as well. Yeah, so if you go up to Yosemite, you're not technically in California. I would say you're in California. Yeah. You're just not governed by California. Yeah, Be- because there were different laws there. Like, there were different smoking laws, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then during COVID, there was different mask laws and whatnot. Yeah. All right. So let's get into maybe like the juicier part of the story, which would be the jail itself, the prison. Yeah. The cell house. The cell it's house. Really I went so, on a the cell house and it was really big. That's funny because I would not describe. Are you talking about the, the whole facility or each room? I'm talking about the whole facility, like okay, because I would describe their rooms as pretty tiny. Yeah, I got um, I got a photo of me in one of the cells, except the doors open because we couldn't close the doors. <laughs> I think you're gonna have to send that to me so I could put it on Instagram. Yep. Awesome. So, it was because it was home to the most dangerous and violent criminals. They were also very strict, and the punishments were very severe. And so their daily routine began at six with a six thirty a.m. wake up call, yeah. and went all the way till lights out at nine thirty. They had thirteen inmate counts, like they counted the prisoners thirteen times a day. Yikes! Make sure everybody's there. 
I mean, because you can't really put up a fence around it, per se. I'm sure there's fences around part of it, but you can't put up a fence around the whole island. Here we go. Okay. Their schedule was 6.30, okay. wake up, 6.50, inmate count, 7, breakfast, uh, 7.20, uh, work digital signal, 7.25, inmate count, uh, 6.30, inmate count, so it's like like leaving the leaving one room and going to the next one. Okay. Um, and then after they did their thing, they had an inmate count and a rest period. They had, and then at 11.30, they had an inmate count. Um, and then they had lunch. And then they had an inmate count. And then they had a line to the recreation yard, which is like where they played. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably didn't say they played. Well, in the, they played Worked baseball. Because they're tough guys. No. Uh, in the book, there's this whole thing about they want to get a baseball. Oh, okay. So they did play. Um, but they also they played some other game. I don't remember what was a bridge, something like that. Oh, card game. But yeah, but they had to play it with dominoes. Uh, so shop detailed lines formed. Inmate count. Inmate count slash rest period. Inmate count. Um, on getting there. Inmate count on coming back. Dinner. Return to cells, final lockout, uh, final lockup at 4.50, inmate count at 5, inmate count at 8, and at 9.30 was inmate count slash lights out. That's a lot of inmate counts. That's a lot of inmate counts. And in between all of that, they weren't just like watching TV and texting their friends. They were, doing... walking, they were like working, like um, Al Capone washed their shirts in the book. Hence, yeah. the, name of the, hence the name of the book. Gotcha. Yeah, so they had uh, laundry duty, but also like rock breaking, you know, just different sorts of hard manual labor. Their recreation time was only one hour per day. Yeah. And they were also forbidden from speaking to one another. And any violation of these rules would result in solitary confinement or other punishments. Yeah, I went into one of the solitary confinement rooms. It was tight. Mm. Um, they were supposed to keep the light on, but the warden said no. Like, so there was supposed to be a light in the room, but there was wow. no light. Uh, there was no light coming from the outside either. Yeah, the for the solitary confinement. One of the plaques said um, that one of their games was to take a button, fling it, and then try to find it. Oh. Like flip in the air and try to f- like that was their wow. that's their free time. So the cells themselves, the regular cells that you were in, were pretty small. They were five feet by nine feet, and by seven feet tall. Yeah, they were seven feet tall. Yikes! And they had a bed, a sink, a toilet, and a small desk. A lot of the toilets were crumbled. Oh, because they've just deteriorated over time. Yeah. They, yeah. Had, a, they had a fold-up table. And the windows, well, I hope that's nice that it folds up, give you a little more room. Yeah. But the windows were too small to allow an actual view of the outside world. So yeah. it sounds like there might be limited light in the regular cells. Yeah, I got a photo of their only view that they can get mm. of the city. Were you able to see much? Uh, it was blurry, but I could see the whole city. Like mm. I could see the bulk of the city. Just not a great view of it. How? Why was it blurry? Because it was far, or because you need glasses? It was, 
No, it was uh there was dirt and stuff on the window. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. All right. So they were allowed limited visits from family members and they could send and receive letters, but you know, communication is going to be closely monitored. No baking a knife into a cake or a saw or anything like that. Here's me in the viewing window. Is that you, someone looking at you? Yeah, that's like if I was an inmate and you were a visitor, that's what you would see. Oh, goodness gracious, you're tiny. <laughs> All right, so obviously these are not great conditions. And then you add in what you mentioned about solitary confinement. Yeah, and this led like to... Um, this led to a lot of mental health issues, such as depression and anxiety, because even though these were like big, tough guys, because of all the isolation and the harsh conditions, it was really challenging for them. Yeah. And um, because of these terrible conditions, many tried to escape the island. Now, according to my research that I did, I got a total of 14 known escape attempts, but none of them were successful. Okay. Um, yeah. So they like, or they got out of the cell house, but I think they got either shot or caught. Like, yikes. Like in one of the escapes, it said that three guards died and one inmate died in one of the escape attempts. Wow. So, um, even though none of them were proven successful, the most famous one, and this might be what you were talking about with the spoons. It yeah. was in 1962. There was three guys and they used um, improvised tools. So that's probably the spoons to dig yeah. through the walls of their cells. They and used it's... spoons and like soup ladles somehow. And they escaped through the ventilation shaft. And they... I don't know if this is why it's famous, but they're known for leaving dummy heads in their bunks. To yeah, I the saw, I saw them. They look kind of creepy though. Like, like, you know. was it like paper mache or just? It, it looked like they got like a can or something like that and painted it somehow. Oh, okay. Um, and then after that, they were never seen again. And so it was believed that they drowned in the icy waters of San Francisco because that water is very cold and their bodies were never found. So they don't know what happened to them. And, you know, there's always the old wives tales that, you know, maybe they escaped, but it seems unlikely that from 1962 to now, no one would have seen these three people. Yeah. If you told me it was one person, okay, maybe, because there yeah. wasn't like television and stuff broadcasting. I mean, no, let me back up. There was television, there wasn't internet, and there wasn't this 24-hour news cycle to yeah. broadcast the, the inmates, but there was still television and, and wanted posters. And I just feel like three people, especially two of them being brothers, they would just have a hard time never being found again. Yeah, unless they like ran away like really far. But don't you think over time they'd be like, hey, mom, happy Mother's Day. Yeah. You know, at some point they'd probably want to reach out to someone. Especially yeah. because it's been 60 years since that happened. Living, yeah, I feel like being on Alcatraz for a couple years would be better than living alone for the rest of your life but free. Says the guy who didn't have to live in a jail cell. Well, 
Okay, but most of the time they were only in there for eight to ten years. Like only you're only eight to ten years old. Okay, you're eleven, but it's that's like your whole life. No, I'm saying, but that's that's better than um. Okay, that's better than being on the run, like for your entire life, instead of spending your instead of being in jail for part of being. Okay, but let's let's think about this. I'm sure you have not seen the movie Shawshank Redemption, but at the end of it, the spoiler alert from a 1990s movie, um, the character escapes and goes and lives on the beach. Oh. He had lots of money, okay. and he lived on the beach for the rest of his life. So I'm just saying, there are some scenarios where you could do it, but I just don't think three people could do it especially two brothers i just feel like they would want to reach out to family yeah i don't know i've never escaped alcatraz so what do i know you sure about that yes i would freeze in the water i would drown in the water all right so there were other attempts made like we said and they were all unsuccessful some drowned others were caught and returned or and then some were killed so the scenarios that you mentioned particular inmates but I do want to hit some of the more I guess you could say more famous inmates and so you said Al Capone do you know why he was in prison tax evasion or something like that yep tax evasion in 1931 so he was there so he was a notorious Chicago gangster he was actually convicted for the tax evasion he was there for four and a half years and he had a pretty privileged status. He bribed guards and whatnot. He was saying, uh, they were saying in the book, um, they gave him like special privileges somehow. Like he turned his prison, his he turned his first prison into like his kingdom. Okay, so other famous prisoners. So we mentioned earlier Robert Stroud. He's known as the Birdman of Alcatraz. Did you see anything about him while you were there? Yeah, they had, so we were going on an audio tour, and they had, like, some interviews with some of the prisoners. So he was on there. Oh, so in his own voice? Yeah. Oh, wow. Or at least it was some, uh, like, lookalike or whatever, or okay so it might have been an actor but kind of using his words yeah so he gained um his his nickname because he studied birds while he was in prison but he didn't actually keep birds with him he just studied them all right you mentioned say again there were a lot of birds like we were walking uh, from the rec yard and we heard this bird that sounded like donald duck like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you mentioned Machine Gun Kelly. He was a notorious bank robber and kidnapper. Yep. He was he captured. Say again? Got convicted for kidnapping. As opposed to robbing the bank? Yeah. Oh. Like, he got caught for kidnapping, not robbing a bank. Oh, gotcha. And he was sent to Alcatraz in 34 after he was captured. And he stayed there until 51 where he was transferred to Levensworth Prison. And then we have Whitey Bulger. He was a notorious Boston mobster. He was convicted of racketeering, extortion, and murder in 2013. Who is Floyd Hamilton? 
Okay, let's look up Floyd Hamilton. They use all those brothers use raincoats as flotation devices. Floyd Hamilton harbored Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde were famous bank bank robbers. Yeah. And he harbored them, so he, you know, I don't know, kept them in his in he kept them in his house or something like that. Oh, okay. And why are you asking about him? Was he one of the... It says, okay, so there's like in the brochure, it says uh, only a handful of them were notorious, Al Capone, Doc Barker, uh, Creepy Carvis, Machine Gun Kelly, Floyd Hamilton, and Robert Shroud. Shroud. Okay, so Floyd Hamilton got two years in Leavensworth's prison for harboring Bonnie and Clyde. But he didn't learn his lesson. He, after he got out of, of Leavenworth, he embarked on a bank robbing spree. And in 1938, they captured him in Dallas. He was sentenced to 55 years. And in 1940, he was transferred to Alcatraz, where he tried to escape. The attempted jailbreak cost him nine years in solitary confinement. In solitary? Dang. Yeah, and in 1958, um, 20 years after originally going to prison, he was released. How do they give you food in solitary confinement? Um, they have, like, a little door with a little slot in it. Oh, okay. And then they can put it through the slot. Nine but years. Don't leave. Hope he had That's a lot, a lot of time. time. Yeah, I don't like solitary confinement, though. It's just wrong. Yeah, there's a lot... There's a lot that goes with that, a lot of feelings that come up. All right. Is there anything that we haven't talked about? Um, so you went on a guided tour. You saw the cell block. Did you see the mess hall in the library? I just saw the library, I think. What's the mess hall? Where they would eat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then oh. you got audio. Re oh, so it says... Um, that the tour has audio recordings of former prisoners and staff members. So it sounds like it, it was actually the voices that you heard were the actual prisoners. Because I talked about them escaping even, so. Wow. Well, there's lots of, you mentioned all the birds. It's home to seabirds, including pelotons, cormorants, gulls, as well as a population of California sea lions and harbor seals. And that makes perfect sense to me because anyone that's ever been to Pier 39 in San Francisco has certainly seen all the sea lions and harbor seals just kind of sunbathing. Yeah, I'm looking, uh, there was, I'm looking through the map. There was the rec yard. Um, there was the industry building where they like worked. Uh, yeah, there was the guard tower where all the guards sat in their tower. <laughs> what, a, what a good name for it then. There was, oh, the morgue. <laughs> There was the morgue. They had their own morgue, though. Like, I mean, I'm sure people died, so it makes sense that they would have their own morgue. Yeah, but most other prisons use the city or whatever. You know, like, they don't... Yeah, they don't but most other them. prisons are attached to other hospitals by land. Good point. It was pretty small, though. It was, like, the size of a shed. Well, hopefully people aren't dying that frequently. Yeah. Um. Oh, there was a... We saw a fire engine used or not like it, we saw a used fire engine 
and the only time it was ever used really was they thought that there was a fire, but it was actually just an escape attempt. So they oh, okay. did that all for nothing. Well, kept people safe. And there were a bunch of buildings destroyed in the fire, like the warden's, the warden's house, and the officers' club were all burned down when we were there. The fire? I thought you said there wasn't a fire. Oh well, yeah, but that was like they got the fire truck because of that fire. Oh, okay, so there was a fire. They said, you know what, we need a fire truck so this doesn't happen again. And then the next time it was quote unquote used, it was a false alarm because it was an escape attempt. Yeah. I think the model industries building also caught on fire or it was just completely like all the windows were gone and Wow. Like it looked like it could have gone in the fire, but nothing collapsed. So Alright, and anything else? No. All right, so that wraps up Paxton's trip to Alcatraz. We're going to post... You're going to send me pictures, right? So I can post them on Instagram? All right, so you can find us on Instagram at mastering.none. And uh, as always, love us or hate us. Leave us five-star reviews. Get our name out there in that algorithm. Share with your friends so we can get some, some more traction. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.